Okay, we're up to chapter two. Ochelik base. Be'inyan hashkachas hashkachasa yisbarach shmei bechlal. Providence in general. How Hashem. This parak talks about how Hashem runs the world. Relate relative to the activities of people, mankind, and other species. So first, the Ramchal is going to start off with a general hakdama in Hashkacha, and afterward is going to be Mayach about it. Is ever is evident that everything that exists both above and below is created only because the highest wisdom deemed these phenomena necessary and useful for furthering the purpose of creation as a whole. Right? I mean, the purpose of creation is is man. And everything in the world, from the smallest fly to the greatest planets, are all created somehow to put a man in the setting between Tev and Ra. The natural laws and properties of each created thing were ordained by the highest wisdom to perfectly fit the role that each thing plays in the general scheme. Since each, each thing was initially created for a purpose, it is appropriate that it be maintained as long as it is serving its purpose. Seems from here that it's possible that, that, that something can become extinct because if they're not necessary anymore. If there was dinosaurs, if you like to believe that, so then they, and then they became extinct. So that, that would be because they were needed for some reason and then they weren't needed anymore. God created all things and continues to oversee them and maintain them in the state that he desires. As we've discussed earlier, the beginning of all created things are the transcendental forces. The kaiches and the ilames, all physical things result from them, can all the, all the details are a consequence of what is reflected to them by these forces, following their own detailed qualities. There is nothing large or small in the physical world that does not have its cause and origin among some aspect of these forces. The one who oversees all these concepts is God himself, and he does so in the same way that he created them. Accordingly, he first oversees the array of transcendent force and everything that results from their essential nature. Because, I mean, first, because he first oversees them because they're the cause of what happens in this world. He then supervises the, the malachim who are appointed to maintain the existence and function of all that exists, giving them the power to do their tasks. So these are the first two, again, the haktama klali, the gabay hashkacha, the first two things is, first of all, that everything in this world is for man's use. And they're created only for that, and they're maintained only for that reason. And the second thing is everything begins in the upper world. <clears throat> Meaning when Hashem changes things, they don't change from in the world below. They change in the world above, and that affects change in the world below. The human race, however, is different from all other species, since it was given free will, and the ability to involve itself with both perfection and deficiency, managing for an active, moving influence, and not something that is merely acted upon. The, the province dealing with man must therefore also be different from the, the, that concerning other species. In the case of man, he must oversee and scrutinize every detail of his activities and bring about things that are a result of his ways and fruit of his deeds. Meaning, since, as we said, a, the man's, actions, man's actions affect the world, in contrast to everything else in the world. So that's one reason why Hashem needs to scrutinize his deeds, because every action has an effect based on what, how they are judged. Each one of a person's deeds, as well as the results of scrutinized and privacy and extended to him in a particular manner that suits the consequences. 
and the individual is judged measure for measure as it was discussed in a later chapter. There is not however any species other than man. The member of other species are acted upon but have no influence themselves. They merely exist to maintain the species as a whole according to the nature of its spiritual root. Providence is thus merely extended to maintain the root and its branches according to the inherent nature and function of that root. Human beings on the other hand act and exert influence as individuals, therefore require individual providence, and everything else must be a result of their deeds, and everything must be the result of their deeds, no more, no less. We'll expand upon this further, further in the following chapter. So this is called this is the Yisrael, the difference between Ashkacha Klaulis and Ashkacha Pratis. It's a very important Yisrael to understand. Ashkacha Pratis, Vitaly, no difference between Ashkacha Pratis and Ashkacha Klaulis? Nope. So Ashkacha Klaulis means it's a general providence that all zebras should exist. But when one dies, is there a is that does that have anything to do with the actions of the zebra? Right? When there's a lion chasing after you, right? You watch a National Geographic film, right? You know why zebras have stripes? To blend with the herd, right? Because like most uh, um, um, animals that, that attack others, they can just get them one-on-one, right? Zebras are quite strong. So what do you do? So they get one, and you see one, you know, falter, and then the, the lion gets it, right? Is that is that is that hashkacha klolis or hashkacha pratis? Meaning, is there a reason why that zebra got hurt over the, any other zebra? Probably not. Now there might be, but it's nothing to, for sure. One thing for sure it has nothing to do with the actions of the zebra. It wasn't because one zebra was nice and one zebra wasn't. Because all zebras are the same. They're programmed and they do what they're supposed to do. As we said many times, some people are zebras too. But, 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 but there's no reason, and again, there might be some sort of reason affecting the world, that for whatever reason it's better for this one over that one. But in terms of, it has nothing to do with their activities. Mashiach and man, everything that happens to a person is based on the cause of what he has done in his setting in life. That's the great depth of the means Hashem wants zebras to exist. So all zebras are going to exist. Right? Till he doesn't need them anymore, for whatever reason. But by Prati means the detail that Hashem means that everything you do, everything that happens to you, is for, because of Hashem judging you and dealing with you in a Midah-Kneged-Midah relationship. Now, there's even Ashkacha, even by man, we'll see further, there's levels to that Ashkacha Prati, that the more person lives with Hashem, the more Hashem sort of lives with him and deals with him in a detailed way. Just like an animal doesn't get judged for his actions because there's nothing to it. He, he, he's pre-programmed. Sometimes at a certain per, point, people can become mostly pre-programmed, and then Hashem will sort of, in a certain way, leave them to their own devices. In contrast to the more person lives with Hashem, the more Hashem is, has a relationship and deals with him in a midic way. Again, we'll talk about this later on, this difference between Eshkach Kloli and Eshkach Prati, we're very important in this Yisrael to understand. And in Dasfunis, Hashem calls it, he, the Dasfunis doesn't call it, it Eshkach Prati, he calls it Hashkach Mishpatis, meaning providence, uh, you know, ju- judging providence, something like that. Meaning, because it's providence based on judging of the actions instead of by in zebras, where there's no judging of their actions, they just be. Okay, Perigbeis. 
We have stated earlier that the purpose of creation of the human species is that man should become worthy of attaining true good, namely being drawn close to him in the world to come. Hence, the ultimate end of all his evolvements is the tranquility in the world to come. Interesting, he used this word tranquility, even though in the past, Ramchal said that in the Olam Hanashamas, and really there's never tranquility, no rest. In the world to come, there's no rest because he's constantly growing also. The Nisham and the Guf keep on growing higher and higher. But, so maybe he means, he did say there's tranquility in the Olam Hanashamas. That's but uh, it probably means relative to the world. We have to struggle and fight to, to achieve success. Because in contrast to the next world, there is tranquility relative to that. The would decreed, however, that this would be best attained if man would first exist in the present world, bound and limited by its natural laws. This is actually a true and proper preparation necessary for the desired gold. And everything in this world is therefore arranged that should serve as a means of preparing and readying man for this ultimate purpose. So again, it's sometimes hard to understand why we need this whole big world for that. But everything, every single thing in the world is created only so man and ultimately mostly Kleistral should have this choice of good and bad. This preparation involves two aspects. Involves two aspects. One concerning individuals and the other humanity as a whole. The preparation of the individual, meaning Hashem's hashkacha on the individual, is his attainment of perfection through his deeds. Hashem deals with him in a one-on-one way to help him along, the, along that path. That of humanity as a whole involves the preparation of the entire human race for the world to come. And that's a different, sort of, there's two, so, so there's two realms of Ashkacha. One on individual, even in mankind. One on individual person and one on mankind as a whole. Hashem is sort of shaping mankind as a whole to reach ultimate perfection where Hashem, where the whole world will be serving the Rebbe so first, <clears throat> so first we're going to talk about the Ashkacha Kloli, the, of, of mankind as a whole, and then the next part we're going to talk about the Ashkacha of mankind as an individual. Man was created with a good urge, a Yetahara and a Yetatayf, and Bechira, free will. This then allows the human race to include some individuals who are as good as well as others who are evil, since we have Bechira. Now, it's theoretically possible everyone will be good or everyone will be evil, but more likely that there will be good people and evil people. Ultimately, the evil, evil ones must be cast aside, and the good ones are gathered to form the perfected community. It is for this community at the future world and all to attain good are attended. I mean, the, the, the end of the, 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 the final status is the, is, is, the, is the... When everyone in Klai Yisrael, or the world even, has become fit to be Davik Bashem. And the, and the evil ones must be cast aside. I mean, there is an idea of someone doesn't have a chayat kalim haba. And as we'll see, interestingly, the Mechal clearly says that even the neshama sort of is over, whatever that means. It's a principle of free will that assumes the possibility of good and evil in the human race, allowing some of its members to be good and others to be evil. The same principle, however, also has the same consequence with respect to the deeds of each individual. Although a person's deeds may, either be, may be either all good or all evil, it's also possible, and I would add unlikely, that some may be good and others evil. The very fact, however, that would have, that very fact, however, would have the power to prevent the existence of the perfected community, as we have mentioned. Elements of both good and evil can exist in a single individual, and if only some were consigned and not others, man's judgment would not be righteous. I mean, the reason is like this. I mean, the ultimate goal is, is that everyone be completely purified and be able to be Davik Bashem. 
So the fact that there's Ra, even though if a person in general is a good person and serving Hashem, the fact that he has Ra in him or in the, in the Klal prevents him in the future world being Dabak by Hashem. This would be true even if the one taken into account taken even if the ones taken into account form the majority. Proper judgment required that all a person needs to be judged, great and small alike, whether it be counted the majority or the minority. The highest reason there decree that man's recompense be divided into two periods and places, with regards to reward as well as punishment. All of a person's needs are divided into two groups, that a majority and that a minority. After a majority and minority are determined, the majority are judged by themselves in the proper time and place. The same is true of minorities one one's deeds. So there's two ways of judging. Well see there's three times of judging, but there's two ways of judging. First of all, is he a tzaddik or a rasha? And we'll see if there's something in the Bainini also. And then, uh, and 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 then you have to be judged for whatever you are for both the good and bad that you've done. Now, the true main reward is in the world to come, as we noted. The everlasting compass of the worthy individual is a bond of closest and forever. There is one place where Michal says the idea that's Pashat, that he says many times, that Elam Haba is the dvekas that we create in this world, is the dvekas we have in the next world without the guf impeding. Whereas the punishment is being thrust away from this true good and perishing. The judgment set up over it to be in accordance with the majority of one's deeds. The good deeds of the wicked and the evil deeds of the righteous, which constitute a minority, are dealt with in this world through its gratification and suffering. Meaning in general, the various of tzaddikim are punished for in this world, and the mitzvah are punished for in this world. It is in this world that the wicked are rewarded for, with prosperity for their few virtues, while the righteous are punished with suffering for their few faults. Now you can explain, I'll explain it a little bit now, that a tzad the gomer, or who only has a couple, a few averis, if a Shem deems it, he gets rewarded, he gets punished for his averis here, and then he's fit right away to go to El Mahaba in the next world. A someone who's less of a tzaddik or a different type of tzaddik, sometimes his averis, as we'll explain, will not be will, will not be able to be cleansed in this world, but averis in this world. And therefore, he'll need to have what we call ganim. That's the but a rasha who has mitzvahs, he has to get rewarded for them. Therefore, he will get pun- he will get rewarded for them in this world because he doesn't have any world to go into afterwards. Because as, if he's a rasha, then after after he dies, the game's over. In the end, Hashem compensates every deed, and whatever, is comp- whatever compensation remains to be given in the next world is that which is fitting for the next world's perfection. That is, the next world is only for the righteous, and the wicked are totally absent. When we make wicked, we mean rishah, people who are cast aside. Furthermore, the righteous are free of any obstacle within themselves that might restrict the delight intended for them. Meaning, you have to, as, as I explained, one of the purpose of Gehenim is because they, well, we're not up to Gehenim yet, we're not tzaddik. Basically, Tzadik Gomer has a couple of errors, so all he needs to do is get punished for those few errors in this world, and then he's fit to go straight into Ganadin, because he has nothing impeding in his guf that prevents him from being Davik Bashem. The wicked, on the other hand, are cast aside and annihilated, and they have no cause to complain since they've already been rewarded for the few virtues in the present world. In his mercy, God maximized man's chance of successfully attaining this ultimate goal. Therefore, the creator should be another type of purification for those who could benefit from it. This is not intended for those who have been surmounted by evil, but, but, such, but not to such, those who have been surmounted by evil, but not to such a great extent that they should be utterly annihilated. This purification includes a number of spiritual punishments, the most prominent being of Gehenna, purgatory. The purpose of these punishments is to penalize the individual for his sins in such a way that is subsequently free of any liability. Believe me, I've done it. As a result, he can then receive the true reward for his deeds. So, 
the way the point in so Ramchal clearly says that the point of Gehenim is the Rachamim of Hashem, is the mercy of Hashem. You can say that later why get you soon is also the Rachamim of Hashem. Why is it Rachamim for Gehenim or for punishment? Because those things allow a person to be cleansed and purified and then be able to join the perfected community, as he calls it, of of to be David Hashem. But if we have Averis within our we still still if we still have the the tumma of the guf, therefore we cannot join the Zekis Bashem. There's something impeding it. Therefore we we have Ilam we have the Gehenim in order to burn the, uh, take those things away. Now how Gehenim works is a very difficult concept. Right? We're taught it's a fire and all those things, but it's not a physical place because the body is still here. And so it's a spiritual pain. We'll leave it at that for now. Because of this, the number of people are actually annihilated is small and insignificant. Now, I, I mean, if it only consists of those who are dominated by evil so completely that it's utterly impossible for them to have any chances of experiencing the true reward and everlasting delight. So it's interesting because, you know, there's a, there's a famous question whether people like today, where there's many people who have no shaykh Yiddishkeit, most of Kali Yisrael, are people who are born Jewish today are halachically Rishayim. Um, so are they going to be annihilated? Are they going to be annihilated? But he says over here they're small and, and insignificant, meaning because most people are okay. So does he mean to say because he because that's like the, the Shiloh whether Tanishanishba would apply to those people and the have or he means to say amongst the people who are trying, but I'm not sure. We therefore see that man's judgment divided into three stages. His main judgment is in the future world that will exist after the resurrection, as discussed earlier. There are also deeds that are judged before this, however, and and and, some, and, and of these, some are recompensed in this world and others in this whole world. So there's three times a person gets judged. Every year in Rosh Hashanah, that's in regard to this world mostly. Every When a person dies, he gets judged again. Whether he needs to go to, uh, to whether he has a netzach, whether he has a future, and if he does, whether he goes to Gan Eden or he needs to go Ganem first. And then there's a third judgment by Tchis HaMesim, and the Mchal said before, for some reason, I'm not sure why, but the Rishom and the Tzadikim will have Tchis HaMesim, and then they'll re- be rejudged whether they can enter to the netzach and Tachim, to the, the, the future world or not. Those are the three times a person is judged. Details of man judges, however, are not known to anyone other than Hashem, who is the true judge. He is the only one who knows the na- true nature and results of all deeds on every level and each detail. Therefore, knows which should be recompensed in each particular period and manner. So even though we keep on saying, we said the majority, a person gets judged by his, is he a majority and minority of, of the sins of various mitzvahs. When we say majority and minority, we don't be, mean in kamos, we mean in echos. We don't necessarily mean in the number of times he did a mitzvah. We need in quality and judge based on your circumstances, right? As Ramachal keeps on saying, get judged by your effort. So that's why you can never look at a person and say, wow, that guy's a bum, he's a rush, he can go straight to get him. Because maybe he's really a tzaddik, because maybe he's gotten much further and pushed himself to serve Hashem much more than you have, even though you might, you know, seem to be doing more mitzvahs than he does. So, so that's what Ramachal adds on, that the details of the judgment are not known to anyone besides the Rebbein Shalom. The Ram says that, and Marek in this idea as well. Again, so there's three times you judge, at the end of every year on Shoshanah, at the end of a person's life. That's usually, mo- that's mostly if he's going to stay alive or not. And if he's going to stay alive, what his 
where the situation will be in the next year. At death, the, 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 the judgment will be whether you go into Gehenim or straight to Gan Eden, or neither the two. And maybe maybe there's no judgment of either the two until the third one. But after Tchitz HaMesim, there'll be another judgment whether you will be con- included amongst those who live in the in the, the Netzach and Tzach. All that we know, therefore, is the general nature and basis of this process. We know that it ultimately revolves around one basic principle, namely the assembling of a perfect community. Kibbutz Shleimah. Fit to exist in an internal state of intimacy with Hashem. In order for this community to be appropriately perfected, all these provisions are necessary to prepare and ready this ultimate situation. So again, Imchal is explaining the general Hashkacha of the world. And the goal, the Hashkacha, the Hashkacha of the humanity as a whole is in order to create a completed, perfected community to be in the ultimate Netzach Netzachim connected with Davak Hashem. In order to achieve that, you have a Yitzhahara and a Yitzhah and you judge. And this and man in general is judged, and and whether you're Tzadik or Russia or a Benini, and sometimes you go, you have your Zechah to the next world, and sometimes you're not. But, they will, but we also explained how in Israel Hashem created Gehenim in order to allow and expand this kibbutz of Shleimim, because through that a person comes fit. To be dealt by Hashem in the next world as well. Let's do one more. Looking into this more deeply, we see that besides the fact that this is required by fairness and justice, is also based on the central concept of man, which is that almost everyone, no one is perfect. We have already discussed how good deeds incorporate an intrinsic quality of perfection excellence into man's body and soul. <coughs> Evil deeds, on the other hand, incorporate in him a quality of insecure insensitivity and deficiency, all with a precise measure depending on the deeds, no more and no less. The righteous man may maintain in himself a large measure of brilliance and excellence, yet on the other hand, because of the minority of evil deeds that he's done, there is in him an admixture of darkness and repugnance. As long as he still has this mixture, he's neither prepared nor suited to become drawn close to Hashem. Meaning, even though if he gets punished in this world, he doesn't ha- didn't take away the, 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 the power of the guf and the darkness of the guf, that prevents him from closeness to Hashem. The highest mercy, again, Rachamim, therefore the created some sort of purification exists. This is the general category of suffering. There's Yisurin, people get pain in this world in order to cleanse themselves. God gives suffering the power to dispel the insensitivity in man, allowing him to become pure and clear, prepared for ultimate good at a point in time. The amount of suffering needed to purify the individual would then depend on the amount of insensitivity that is acquired as a result of his deeds. So, Yisurim, a machaper, means that they cleanse a the person, and they allow him to become Davik Bashem. And one one ways this is understood is because it it re, it makes him forces him to recognize the weakness and the ultimate you, you know the the uselessness of the guf in it of its own. And so that's what pain comes to teach a person. And therefore, if you use it right, as Imam Bit said, you have to use it. You have to macham for it. Then it can be machaper. In many cases, passed by the physical suffering alone would not have the power to dispel this insensitivity. And in such cases, spiritual purification of the soul would be necessary. The details involved in this are so numerous that the particulars are beyond the grasp of human intellect. So we don't know why, but certain things can be cleansed in this world with Yisurin, and you don't need Gehenim, and then certain things need Gehenim to be purified to allow a person to be Hashem in the next world. Which are various and which you know make a person need this or that that we have 
no way to figure out according to Ramchal. Let's stop here. Shalom Aleichem, this is Menachem Weinberg. These Yorim were given in Yeshivas Ahavas Atorah, Cleveland. For more information, visit yeshivasahavasatorah.org. Thank you.